0: Da Hello and welcome. I'm Helen. And I'm Caroline. And we love to sew. This is a podcast for makers where we talk about sewing a handmade wardrobe and bring you interviews with inspiring creatives and small business owners in our community.
1: Today we are chatting with Chelsea Grinot of Friday Pattern Company. We chat about her amazing pattern designs and how her company has evolved over the years. We also discuss some of the recent changes in our community and how she amplifies the fun in sewing i'm having fun i'm having fun pepper
0: are you having fun Pepper. <laughs> hey love to sew listeners did you know that caroline and i get together over on patreon to chat even more about our personal lives and sewing in our monthly bonus episode It's true. We also offer our super fan patrons a 15% discount code in both
1: of our shops. If you shop regularly with Blackbird Fabrics or Helen's Closet, your Patreon
0: support pays for itself and you still get the bonus content. You can find out more at patreon.com slash love to sew. That's patreon.com slash love to sew. And now onto the show. Hello, Chelsea. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We are really excited to get to know you today and chat about your pattern line and everything else you have going on, but can you start us off by introducing yourself to our listeners?
2: Yeah, my name is Chelsea and I am the founder of Friday Pattern Company. It's a modern sewing pattern company that makes patterns that are kind of emphasize fun and a love of sewing.
0: We are actually obsessed with your patterns, Caroline. <laughs> oh, and I. Oh, that's- Yeah, we both have several of your designs on our list. And I just made your Ilford jacket. And it was so much fun. So it's really a treat to have you on the show today. So tell our listeners how and when you learned to sew and got started with sewing.
2: I learned to sew when I was a kid, my grandma taught me, we used to just, you know, I would visit her for a week at a time, and we would make something big while we were together. And I really developed a love of making by spending that time with her. And I've always been interested in fashion. When I was little, my mom used to work at like vintage shops and I would get to like wear these crazy vintage outfits. And I've always just liked having a unique style. And so, you know, sewing kind of went from being a kid and doing these like making my costumes and things like that to being a teenager and modifying my clothes and, you know, making weird things. And I think I got like, you know, obsessed with sewing around the end of high school and just after, I was feeling kind of, I don't know, like that thing where you're figuring out who you are when you're a teenager. And, uh, sewing really grounded me and made me feel like a sense of self, uh, during that time. And I worked at a fabric store. I worked at Hearts Fabrics in Santa Cruz and it was just so fun to be like immersed in that creative world. And yeah, I've been just sewing constantly. (laughs) Ever since,
0: oh, that's great! I'm sure your grandmother would be very proud to hear that.
2: <laughs> yeah, she would. She's amazing. She was a um, just a really cool, like artsy lady, and I think she was different than a lot of other grandmas in the way that she taught me because I was allowed to just do like really weird things. Like one time, we made a quilt and we like pieced together the whole top, and she was like, "Okay, now we quilt it," and I was like, "Well, I don't like. Why do we need to quilt it? Why don't we just draw the lines on?" She was like, "Uh, I don't know, I guess if you want to, we can. And so I have the quilt still and it just has like big pen, like I drew the lines in. But that's (laughs) how I learned why you quilt things, because now it makes sense. Like it looks different. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just appreciate the kind of more free, loose, artsy way of sewing.
0: Yeah, that's nice. It lets you learn, like you said, from your own experience, how to do things um correctly if you're interested in doing them correctly so were you sewing garments and things like after high school when you kind of were working at hearts were you into garment sewing and if so were you working with indie patterns at that time
2: i was i i mean i love the big four pattern companies and that they have amazing like there's these amazing styles but it never really clicked with me just the way that i don't know the the instructions are confusing. A lot of the ways that things are put together isn't fun, if that makes sense. Like it just isn't a fun sewing experience. So I, uh, in my like late teens, early 20s, I did what I refer to as like wild sewing, where I would just, like I wasn't really using patterns. I was just like playing with fabric, which is I think one of my favorite things to do and just, you know, learning a lot from my mistakes and making really interesting and weird stuff and it's it was before there was like an instagram or like everyone had nice cameras and stuff and i wish i had some pictures of some of them but i'm also kind of glad that pictures don't exist of some of the insane stuff i made and then i think it was it was a few years into like being because i worked at hearts like you know i would come back and i think i quit and came back to hearts like four different times like during summers and college and things like that but um Later on, like the Colette patterns were the first indie patterns that came to hearts. And I just like, it was so cool. It felt like a completely different world was opening up and that there was these people who were interested in like the fun and the process of sewing more than just like, eh, here's your rigid guidelines on how to throw this garment together. <laughs> and yeah, that kind of planted the seed that I think later on. When I eventually started Friday, well, the experience of sewing with those patterns like brought me to this place.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah, I agree that with indie patterns, it's almost like that love of sewing comes through in how the pattern, you know, is put together and the instructions and the packaging. Especially with Colette patterns in the early days when they were doing printed patterns, like you really felt that that passion for sewing in that packaging and in in the pattern itself. So I could see how that would inspire you and make you feel excited about garment sewing. I want to know when. Did Friday Pattern Co. come in? When did you decide to start your company?
2: So I did a lot of (laughs) in between. So I went to school for fashion design. I knew I wanted to work in fashion design. I ended up dropping out of fashion school because I didn't enjoy it. Um, And then I worked in the fashion industry. I worked uh, for a lot of years as like the marketing director for a sustainable fashion company while also doing other creative side projects. Um, like I had a handmade dress business, and I had, you know, all these iterations of like little ideas of in, in of like a indie company, and then Friday kind of was like the all of my experience in my life co- like culminating in like this one thing that I think I would be enjoy doing the most and be the best at.
0: I can totally relate to that. I think it's it's amazing when all of these different experiences you have lead you to this thing that feels like an amalgamation of all those things put together and this beautiful marriage of all your skills and your passions. And I think what you were saying about your experience with Indie Patterns at the beginning where you found the fun of sewing, like you've truly embodied that with Friday Pattern Company because your, your patterns are so fun. Your designs are fun and and the way you present them with your packaging and your photo shoots so fun. So it really does come across in what you're doing with your company. And I'd love for you to give our listeners a little bit of a introduction to Friday Pattern Co. From your perspective, what you're all about and what your patterns are all about.
2: My patterns, there's a lot of things that are important to me with Friday. I want it to feel inclusive. I want people to be able to look at my brand and see themselves in my designs, because when you create a sewing pattern, you're truly creating like a collaborative thing. I want them to be something that's beginner friendly that people who are interested in sewing but haven't necessarily like worked up the courage to try that I I hope that if they tried one of my easier patterns for the first time that they would have fun whether they ended up with a perfect garment at the end or not and I really want them to like celebrate the fun parts of sewing. And making something because obviously the end garment is really important, but also sewing is like very, it's a source of a lot of joy for me. And it's, it can be very, like, I don't know, it's transformative. It's like a very meditative thing for me. And it's a place where I can go into deep focus. And I think that that is something that people should have if they want to
0: sew. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about sewing as self care on the podcast recently. And it's, it is, that for so many people, it's that space to get away from everything else and to focus on yourself and your body and your style. And, and we love the style and aesthetic of your patterns. So, can you talk a little bit about what kinds of patterns you offer and how would you describe the, the style of Friday Pattern Co?
2: I offer, <laughs> I guess I would describe them as my style. <laughs> um, they're, I try to think about what I want, pe- like what someone would be doing. When they wore the pattern and how it would feel because that's how I like to relate to clothes um and obviously like a, a aesthetic that is pleasing but um, I would say I don't know why I mean I know every indie pattern company describes themselves as like modern design <laughs> but I do think it's modern I mean I, I try to make things that are gonna be flexible for fit and comfortable to wear and like have that that type of silhouette that like, can be adapted so many different ways and I think a lot of them are also canvases for fabric because obviously we all really love fabric and <laughs> want to like make things that showcase how beautiful the fabrics we're using are yeah I guess it's hard to to pin down to one style
1: <laughs> yeah and it's funny that you kept mentioning fun earlier, because I also think of your pattern style is pretty fun. I think you include fun details in a lot of your designs Mm -hmm. or unexpected details. Like there's a lot of poofy sleeves and bows (laughs) and big collars. And I just think that that, you know, it's fun to sew a garment that has different details. That's not just like super classic and super streamlined, you know. So I, I look to your patterns a lot when I'm feeling like, oh, maybe I should make something that's like a little bit more, I don't know, different and fun and interesting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you definitely have a a pretty unique style. And it's cool to to hear that it's your style because I think that's like pretty ideal for a pattern designer to be able to design patterns that are (laughs) their own style. Early on when you started your company, were there any like initial struggles or, you know, things that you had to work through to sort of get to the point where you were happy with where you were at with Friday Pattern Co? Uh
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've always been kind of i um, I'd say a daring person where I like jump into things that I want to do, like head first or feet first, whatever the saying is. <laughs> and I just like go for things so I think the first couple patterns that I put out were not I mean they're not up to par with the patterns that I make now but um yeah I put those out like just put them out in the world and I got negative feedback on some of them and that was really hard but I you know I just had I decided from an early because having worked in the fashion industry and watching how feedback gets processed through these companies is it's uh, frustrating because sometimes it's like, wait, people have an issue and there is a solution, but it isn't implemented. I mean, that happens a lot with like size inclusivity and sustainability, where it's just it's the work you have to do. So, like for example, one of my patterns was featured in the So My Style a few years ago, and it just wasn't ready for like a mass audience. And this one person uploaded like <laughs> like a manifesto about how much they hated it. It was like thirty minutes long and. I, you know, that's, I think probably like worst case scenario for a designer, but I actually had my mom watch it and I was like, watch this thing and write down anything that is like actual, you know, actionable things that are wrong give me that feedback and she did and I implemented it and I've created more rigorous kind of testing and like I've slowed down to respond to that and it's you know it's comforting on the other side of it to know that you can make mistakes and as long as you can absorb feedback and you know evolve and grow that you're going to be okay like (laughs) nothing is the end of the world and you know, that was obviously a crappy thing to go through. But I think it was probably the best thing that happened to my company. Because if you know, I hadn't, if I hadn't been able to adapt, I don't think that, you know, my pattern, my company would be where it is today.
0: Wow, I can imagine that would be really challenging to go through. But I love the way that you turned it around. And it is all about that response, to the situation. It sucks to be called out publicly about anything. And it, our immediate reaction is to jump to a defensive side, mm-hmm. but. It's so important. It feels very
2: personal. Yeah, (laughs) it feels
0: very personal, especially when it's a design thing. But I love that you were trying to take those actionable items and actually implement them and respond positively. And it obviously has worked out for you because like you said, it's pushed you to be even better in your business in the ways that you already wanted to be because you want it to be fun Mm -hmm. and inclusive and, and give people that joyful sewing experience. So other people in the community holding you accountable, helping you to make that happen, it's kind of all a beautiful thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is a really beautiful thing. And I mean, the community is really amazing. And they definitely, I think that the sewing community really allows, like, it's, I mean, we're all kind of in it together. (laughs) And it, they, I think that people give you the space to, like, make a mistake and, you know, come back from that. Like, it's not like a cancel culture situation mm-hmm. where it's like you did one bad pattern like you're out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. People do give second, third, fourth chances in the sewing yeah. world and I I love that the sewing community especially in recent years has is, you know, pushing people to be to do better and and they've pushed us to do better on the podcast and I think it's really good to have a community that not only supports you but also, you know, we we lift each other up and we try to make each other better. So, yeah, that's absolutely. really cool. We wanted to ask you also about your size range because you have such a great size range right now. Did you always have that range of sizes or is that something that you kind of added later on in the game?
2: I didn't. I added um four sizes later on. That was another thing that wasn't ideal about my company when it first started. So, I added, yeah, 1x through 4x and I even want, like, I'm even bummed that I should have added more sizes because I think I'm going to add a couple more. The talks around inclusivity have just been like so powerful, and you know, again, I watched that happen in the fashion, the company that I was working for, where there was talks about like our sizing isn't inclusive, like it needs to be expanded, and everyone just kind of like sat on their hands and was like, "Well, I don't, it can't happen, like it's impossible." And I think because like in school and you know, the fashion industry and everywhere else. It's like, there isn't this inclusivity. And so you think that's just how all companies are supposed to be. And it's so powerful that in the sewing community that there's these people who are like, no, that's, that's silly. Like it's totally possible to add more sizes. It's not, you know, it's hard in that it's work. It's not hard in that it's like impossible to achieve. And I, you know, and I love uh, seeing, more and more inclusive sizing and I love like learning new ways that you can be inclusive you know because we obviously all have blind spots to like other people's experiences and yeah so I'll I'm absolutely going to keep pushing for more inclusivity in my patterns it's a really important thing for my company
0: yeah it's interesting to hear your take on that because there are so many conversations happening and and I agree it's you have to approach it with the the realm of possibilities are endless, right? It's not that it can't yeah. be done. It's just that maybe you don't have the tools or the skills to do it. But where can you find those tools and skills and trying to make that happen? And it it obviously is working out so well for you and your company because I see a lot of people in all different sizes using your patterns. And that's just wonderful to see happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's really amazing to be able to look at my hashtags for my patterns and see like all the different types of folks who are making the patterns.
1: Yeah, I I also wanted to talk about just a few of your patterns in particular, because when I think about your pattern line, there's like a few that jump out to me as almost like they were viral, like some like, like the vernazza, when it came out, I feel like everybody was making that swimsuit. And like the Wilder gown, is that how you pronounce it? Wilder or Wilder? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Wilder.
1: The Wilder <laughs> gown also, like everybody's making the Wilder gown. So I want to know from your perspective, do your customers have like one front runner favorite pattern over the years? Like what's been your bestseller?
2: Definitely the Wilder. I'm really happy that that style resonated with people because it was something that you know, that was another design that started from a place of like, where would you wear this? And like, what would it feel like to wear? Because it, I think that the Wilder feels really good to wear because it's loose and you have like all of this range of movement and it's swishy, like you can feel the fabric around you. And it just like, I don't know why, but it just feels so good to wear to me. And I, when I was designing, I was like, this is kind of this like, you know, it's very like prairie chic um, <laughs> uh like it's just a like it's and it's like big and people have described it as tenty and I just wasn't positive people would resonate with it and they really like that's my absolute best-selling pattern and I, I love the pictures that people post of them too because it's so like I always see people like you know like people get extra dramatic when they wear it and they're like like spinning or jumping like swishing the fabric around and it's just really like it's so beautiful anyway so that's definitely my favorite and it's also the my most popular
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I saw your Instagram a while back you were sharing some pictures of yourself just thinking by window about (laughs) how to design a pattern that everyone will like as much as the (laughs) Wilder gown and I feel you that. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's those ones that you're really passionate about that end up being the best sellers, even though you weren't expecting it. And I can imagine that it would be so fun to wear. Caroline and I both have it on our lists, And a fun one to choose fabric for, too. Even though you need to buy a lot of fabric, it's just fun to think about what to use. And you could use a stiffer fabric to get a lot of volume. Or if you use a really, really, really drapey fabric, then you don't have as much volume. So you can really get a different result depending on what you want to wear yeah
1: I'm obsessed with the versions that I've seen in like sheer fabric oh, or yes. all, like semi-sheer yeah. fabric where you can kind of see through and like layer over jeans it's just like so for this style it's surprisingly versatile
0: yeah you know
1: like it you is, can do yeah. a lot with it and I think it's just it's a super cool pattern it's definitely on my list
2: yeah I still get surprised when they pop up in my feed I'm like how there's that <laughs> looks like a completely different dress like it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Another one of your patterns that we really love is the Ilford jacket. Helen has made one, and it's also a unisex pattern. So we wanted to ask you about the development process of that pattern. And how did that differ, you know, trying to put together a pattern that would work on more of a variety of bodies?
2: Yeah, I try to make all of my patterns so that they would work on a wide variety of bodies. And the Ilford, you know, it has a really boxy silhouette. So it's it's easy to fit. Like if you're, you know, a beginner, you can kind of like, it's so modular and square that it's, yeah, that you can kind of shape it after the fact if you need to, or just like, let it be really boxy. Yeah, I wanted to design things that so I could see more like more people with more gender expressions could see themselves in my patterns. And, you know, I have a lot of um, LGBTQ people in my life and I just wanted to I, you know they get kind of like uh, cast aside in the fashion industry and in the sewing community and I just wanted to create something that made it feel like this is you know this is for you like no matter who you are you can like wear this and it'll look cute on you. Um, obviously, they could wear any of the other things and would also look cute on them. But (laughs) this is more likely to appeal to more gender expressions than some of my other patterns. Yeah. And, you know, I kept the like different bodies in mind and just making it simple.
0: Do you have plans to make other unisex patterns? Like how was the reaction to the Ilford jacket?
2: Yeah, I definitely want to make more unisex patterns. The reaction was good. I think that it's kind of on trend. I was just watching like, as I was developing it, though, I was watching like, boxy jacket after boxy jacket come out and like all these different like iterations of the chore jacket and I was like ah (laughs) like I don't (laughs)
1: like it's (laughs)
2: there's so many I mean same (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, yours came out like right before mine the Pona jacket which is so beautiful and but I saw like the sneak peek and I was like is it gonna be exactly the same
0: I'm really glad it's it's not. not. They're all so different. I love them all. They are. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I made yours because I was like, that is like, I had a vision of a jacket, a version of Pona that looked kind of like that, but I ended up just sticking with the big lapel options. It's so cool to be able to have those different options available. And that's what I love about all of the sewing patterns.
2: Yeah, it is. And I think people, you know, like, there was also the, the Thayer jacket came out that is also like, it's like, I would it's like a more in-depth Ilford that has like you know the lining and more of like it's just like it's cool that there's so many options for people yeah it was scary watching them because I was like well no one's gonna want this freaking jacket (laughs) (laughs) because everyone else has made boxy jacket patterns oh and to answer your earlier question I do my next pattern that comes out will be another unisex pattern Spring,
0: very exciting! Oh, that's so awesome. Any other sneak peek details to share? (laughs) (laughs) I'm always digging.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's cute and it's easy to (laughs) sew, yeah. And I'm not completely positive when it's gonna be done. Um, I'm still like plugging away at it, but yeah. And then I'll definitely, I mean, I'm gonna keep making you know these unisex gender neutral patterns. I think I'll probably just keep peppering them in Mm -hmm. forever because I really like them. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it
1: doesn't matter if other people like them. (laughs) (laughs) I also love the Ilford jacket photo shoot because you had your brother model, right? Yeah, that's my brother. (laughs) What was it like having your brother model for you? Because I mean, personally, if my brother modeled, if I were a pattern designer, I'd probably be really annoyed of him (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) Well, it helps that he's cute. He is cute.
2: (laughs) I was, you know, I thought maybe he would be like shy and, you know, not very like that he would be a little bit uncomfortable. But I have a um like I have a long standing relationship with my photographer and like all the people who I use like for hair and makeup and stuff. I work with the same team over and over again. So We're all really comfortable with each other. And I think he was just happy to be involved and to help out. And yeah, it went well. I thought like he was definitely more comfortable in front of the camera than I thought he would be. So. (laughs)
1: that's awesome yeah his uh personality really comes through in some of the photos like I don't I mean obviously I don't know what he's like in real life but he has some photos of him jumping and kind of sticking his tongue out and I think it really makes it feel like fun and dynamic and I don't know it makes me want to buy the pattern just from the photo shoot
2: I know I need to make one for Sam (laughs) I printed out a bunch of like you know, inspiration posing for him and was like, see this, this is like how they've angled themselves here, like this, like (laughs) do this. And then like, yeah, so he was definitely uh, coached, but he did a great job. Awesome.
0: (laughs) I want to hear more about your photo shoots and the way that you set up your photos, because you always have different colored backgrounds with cool angles Mm -hmm. and And it's just really amazing. And I'm not saying that I want to learn how to do it. But (laughs) secretly, I totally want to know all your secrets.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, the first like, the photo shoots are like one of my favorite parts of the process, just because it's like, so much fun. And yeah, I love planning like the color and just like the vibe. Uh, But the yeah, the like, backdrop thing is built by my photographer it's like this corner it's it's just like plywood butted up against each other and then there's like a little square at the base and then it's kind of like all pushed together and then we just repainted each season and then the sides are extended out through the magic of photoshop to make it look like it's like a room (laughs) yeah I love the photo shoots I love being able to like uh like I love finding models and thinking about different types of people that I want to showcase and yeah those are the best I wish I could just do photo shoots all the time
0: (laughs) you're hired
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay
2: yes I will that's the I will definitely uh direct photo shoots (laughs) from that's another thing that from like the um like clothing company that I worked for before like it's just so fun watching the process of planning those things.
1: How do you find your models? Do you work with uh, like a modeling agency, or do you just approach people on the street and ask them to model for you? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: find them a lot on Instagram, which makes me feel kind of creepy because I'm like sliding into people's DMs. But only it's people who are like, "I'm a model." I'm like, "Hi, <laughs> I need a model." <laughs> Some of them I've met through my photographer. Like, she has a lot of connections locally to models. Most of them are. Um, freelance models or just like people who I know from around town obviously like my brother but yeah they're just people who I find and I always think I'm not gonna find someone and then end up finding them (laughs) but there's always a a point of despair where I'm like this isn't gonna happen the perfect model isn't out there
0: We want to take a moment to tell you more about Patreon. You may have heard us talk about it on the show before, but what exactly is it? Patreon is a platform that allows listeners and
1: lovers of art, music, and podcasts, that's you, to support folks like us who love to create shows like Love to Sew. If you're already supporting us over on Patreon, we want to say a
0: huge thank you. If you go to patreon.com/slash love to sew and become a patron, you get access to all kinds of behind-the-scenes content and benefits. You can support us for just Five dollars a month, and that's the cost of a cup of coffee each per month. In addition to supporting the show, you get access to our bonus episode feed. We release a new episode monthly, and seriously, we have so much fun recording those episodes. We really do.
1: We get real. If you support us for just ten dollars a month, you'll also get a 15% discount code in both of our shops. If you shop regularly with Blackbird Fabrics or Helen's
0: Closet, your Patreon support pays for itself, and you still get the bonus content. Speaking of bonus content, you'll also get a bonus mini episode every month on a specific sewing-related topic. This is exclusive to our Love to Sew superfans. We have done episodes about adding embroidery embellishments, sewing activewear, and sewing with waxed canvas. We also share behind-the-scenes photos and have such a great time connecting with our
1: community over on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash love to sew for more info. That's patreon.com slash love to sew. Thank you. Thank you. I also wanted to ask you about Rippy. (laughs) 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 Rippy the Seam Ripper. Can you tell us about this adorable character that you have kind of peppered throughout your patterns and I guess why you decided to to throw that in there?
2: I've always just (laughs) like I mean that goes back to the fun. When I was originally designing my logo, I just was like I spent like a week just like doing little doodles and drawings and then I have them all in a file and they got like some of them are really silly and Rippy was one of them and I just thought he was so cute and I wanted to put him in there and then I start you know I hide like little messages in my patterns for people who are maybe like you know at a point where the pattern is getting fiddly that's like hey don't worry (laughs) you're doing great (laughs) and yeah it's just a fun I mean it's fun for me and I think it's fun for other people um yeah there's like a button guy too that shows up a lot and then I put stuff in the blank space on the pattern sheets especially on the like pdf ones that you print out where just by because of the way you have to size things I mean Helen you know but like (laughs) there will be weird blank spaces when you have to fit it to like the letter size pages so I try to just put little, like, encouraging notes and fun things. And I don't know. I've just always been doing stuff like that. Like, when I worked at Hearts, me and my one friend would, like, cut out little, like, cute felt animals and, like, hide them on the shelves. I don't think the owner of Hearts is listening. (laughs) But, (laughs) But we would, like, hide, like, little, you know, like, there was this narwhal thing that we made and we would like hide in places that's be like hi like have fun sewing (laughs) um so I don't know I've always been kind of whimsical like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) it definitely comes across uh, again in your patterns and your presence on social too I love following you I feel like you have a very authentic vibe in your stories and in your feed and and recently you got together with your mom and you wore this tiger printed dress with your tiger printed jacket and it was like I was living for it I was so excited (laughs) about it (laughs) yeah
2: that was epic yeah yeah we had a lot of fun um and I got lots of compliments on that outfit I bet um yeah I think I just want matching sets from now on though it's it makes getting dressed really easy and it just feels very cool
0: I've been seeing a (laughs) lot of matching set combos tops and shorts or jackets and pants and it's almost like a faux suit vibe but choosing a uh pattern or print that's just a little bit more out there, a little bit more Yeah, it's fun You wear them
2: together or separate. Yeah. Possibilities are endless.
0: <laughs> okay. You also have printed patterns, which I know a lot of our listeners will be excited to hear about. And we wanted to talk about your recent, I'm going to call it a milestone, achievement. But I want you to tell our listeners what happened with your printed patterns.
2: Yeah. So my printed patterns are being tested in... 10 stores around the U.S. along with Cashmerette is also being tested in Joann's and yeah hopefully it goes well. I'm kind of uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of along for the ride for now but I think it could be a really positive thing for the sewing community in general just um, reaching out to those places that don't necessarily have a cool indie fabric store that You know, they have interesting patterns that are accessible to them and that, you know, those are like where I really fell in love with sewing was with Indie patterns. And I think that my dream is that they just like Joanne's carries all of the Indie patterns and it's just like and then they start getting all kinds of cool fabrics and it just... Indie sewing takes over the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does kind of feel like a huge step in the right direction for the sewing world, especially the independent companies, small companies that are just trying to compete with these big box stores. And at the end of the day, yeah. like, why not join together and, and lift each other up and kind of everything hopefully will be better that way. But it must have been really cool to have you been able to like see your patterns in person in a Joanne store yet? I
2: haven't. They're like sprinkled all over the country and nowhere near me. But people have sent me pictures and it's just like every time someone sends me a picture, I'm like
1: that is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> yeah. What was that process like? Did they reach
2: out to you? Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I think so. They didn't tell me not to talk about it. Um, <laughs> they, re- they reached out to me and it's been, you know, a kind of long process because I think that anything that goes through like a corporation – takes a long time so it was kind of something they reached out to me I was like is this fake (laughs) um and then uh yeah and then it all kind of just came to a head where they're like okay we're gonna send them to these 10 stores like you know we're gonna see how they do yeah and I don't I don't really know exactly what it is that they want to see I mean probably just like good sales but yeah so it's been good working with them I mean I do feel like they've Uh, been like respectful and haven't asked too much of me as an independent brand, which was definitely like my fear that I don't want, you know, I I have to protect my brand and my company and I wouldn't want to be overtaken by, you know, working with some huge company that stretches me beyond my means. And yeah, so far, it's been a positive process.
1: I also want to know, because you are doing these physical patterns, you're not just doing PDF patterns, a lot of independent pattern companies only do PDFs, including Helen. So what made you decide to put your patterns into print and make them into physical products? And um, yeah, like, what did that process look like? And why did you decide to do that?
2: Yeah, I always wanted my company to be a print pattern company just because that is the type of patterns that I like Mm -hmm. since I've started it I've in like I've gotten so much more into pdf patterns and now like I really like getting pdf patterns and also having resources to get like copy shop files printed at a reasonable price has changed everything but Yeah, I think initially when I was first planning my company, I thought it would only be print and not PDF, which would be absolutely wild. (laughs) Obviously, that didn't work out. But yeah, I think just having like a physical good has that's like, you know, that you can like take into your sewing room and it lets you also kind of like unplug when you're sewing, like that you don't have to be like, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't like print out the instructions when I do a PDF. I just have them on my phone and look at them and I know I could print them out and unplug. But to me, like having, you know, when you get like your fabric and your printed pattern and you have all your stuff and you can just go into your sewing area and like zone everything out and not think about anything else is what feels the best to me. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's really cool just to have your patterns in stores, whether it's Joann's or an independent fabric shop. I think it introduces people to the whole world of independent patterns. A lot of people even that take our workshops at Blackbird, I'm amazed that they don't even know about this like whole world online of indie patterns. So it's almost like you are in that store and you're inviting people to then go on your website and maybe your Instagram and then sort of go down that rabbit hole of discovering this whole amazing community online. So it's kind of like an invitation to discover this huge world that we have.
2: There's a lot of people who aren't even online who, you know, don't know about the magic of of the Instagram sewing community, but that still really love making and that. I mean, I didn't have I was kind of a late adapter to Instagram like I didn't have one for a very long time. And I think that um, there's a lot of people out there who can be reached through having the printed patterns. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's so cool just to see your own product physically in a space and I think you have some of the nicest packaging out Mm -hmm. there it just it's beautiful I honestly mean that it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. every time I see it especially that Wilder gown image I mean it's just stunning
1: (laughs) that white dress
0: gets me every time
2: (laughs) I know that's like my favorite yeah
1: so I also want to ask you a little bit about your workspace because carrying physical products, you got to store those physical products. You've also shown some little peeks on Instagram of, you know, I can kind of see in the background that it seems like you have a really cool studio. So what's that situation? Like, where are you working?
2: I'm obsessed with my work situation. (laughs) It's like, my dreams just came true. Um, So I work in this, it's like a collaborative workspace with some other creatives. So it's like there's a boutique and a salon in the front and but then you come through and there's this huge room in the back and it's me and a photographer and a woman who does alterations and custom dressmaking, uh, which is amazing because anytime someone comes in and is like, I need you to have my pants. I'm like, well, there's an alterations person right there. <laughs> and a jewelry maker, um, this woman, it's Elysian Theory. She does like polymer clay jewelry and it is so cool. And then a florist, She's also amazing. She did the like headpiece on the wilder image. Nice. So and I actually used Elisa's um jewelry in a different photo shoot. So it's so cool to be back there and just like collaborate with everyone and everyone, you know, we all run our own little creative indie businesses and we can like commiserate and laugh and not feel like lonely working at home. <laughs> and it's just in a like cool old brick building that has interesting windows and it's really idyllic. <laughs> I can't believe that I work there.
0: That sounds so cool. I love that you have other people there to talk to and even just to hear the sounds of making happening. Like I bet they enjoy the sound of your machine and and the smell yeah. of the flowers. Like I can I'm really getting a picture here. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. oh yeah. She brings when she does weddings, she just like fills the backspace with flowers. They're everywhere. And it's just unbelievable. I mean she does gorgeous work so it's like all of these i mean i have a whole new appreciation for like floristry if that's the term um like <laughs> she does
0: like <laughs> flor- i don't think I it don't is <laughs> flor- i would flor- say
1: florism but that's not it either so. <laughs>
0: wait I'm gonna google yeah. this hold on <laughs> oh floristry floristry really? oh awesome oh <laughs> yeah floristry. Gosh.
2: but then yeah we just bounce ideas off of each other and um you know we can like go get coffee together it's just nice I'm an extrovert so I was working from home by myself for a while and I think I was like Driving my husband crazy because he'd come home from work and be like, Hi, how's your day? Let's go out. Like, take me out. (laughs) We got to go talk to people. Um, So it's hard for me to be in my house alone with my dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. One question I have for you that's a bit of a bigger picture question is. Where do you think the sewing community is heading in general? Like I see you are quite engaged on social media with the community and you're doing lots of things with your pattern company to stay up to date and, and taking everyone's feedback and and implementing it. So where do you think things are headed 2020 and beyond?
2: I think in the sewing community and even the fashion industry as a whole, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of positive change in that people are wanting to move towards like more intentional ways of dressing and more intentional shopping. And I think that I see this overlap between the sustainable fashion industry and the sewing community coming together where there starts to be like this crossover where people are, you know, those people are becoming more interested in sewing. And I think that the future I see is just that it becomes more ubiquitous with, you know, the fashion industry as a whole Um, because there's a lot of really positive change that it could affect there with even just learning about how to like mend and how to care for fabric and garments and how to recognize like quality in fabric and like pinpoint what you like about fit and don't like a lot. I mean, a lot of people who don't sew don't have that vocabulary. And I think that there's just different ways that people are kind of starting to overlap. And I think that uh, learning to sew is becoming more and more accessible with just like online resources and you know easier patterns with great instructions, <laughs> and yeah. So I I hope that it just it grows and it becomes something that people that it's not this niche hobby, which I actually don't think it is. I have people say that to me sometimes where they're like, "But nobody sews anymore," and I'm like, "Well, that's not true." <laughs> but um. Yeah, I just want to see it grow. I want
0: everyone to sew. <laughs> <laughs> everyone sewing. We feel yeah. the yeah. 2021.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone has to sew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One other thing we noticed on your website is that you donate 5% of your pattern sales to rotating charities. So, can you tell us a bit about that decision and? Uh, what the response has been from your customers?
2: That was something that I implemented kind of when I was coming up with like my, what I wanted my company, the vision that I had for my company was that, yeah, that I wanted it to have some aspect of that. Again, coming from like the sustainable fashion industry, like uh, I helped the company that I was working for become a B Corp. And just looking at all these case studies of different companies that have done really cool things by having these, small things just built into like the foundation of your company. So yeah, I think that it's something that I felt really passionate about. It's fun being able to like, cause each pattern benefits a different charity. So I get to kind of choose like where I want to send those, that money. And yeah, I think it's honestly something, I don't know. I don't like I'm not always like, hey, like, look at this 5% goes to charity, because it feels kind of (laughs) gross. But so I think sometimes people don't know that. And then they find it out later. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, not like it, I think that it set me apart in the beginning. And now it's just kind of like, a part of my thing. So I don't get a huge reaction about it. But it's okay, because it's just built in. It's just something that I do.
0: Yeah. I think there are actually a lot of indie pattern companies that do that, myself included. <laughs> and it is something that when you set it up, it just becomes a part of your flow and, and you don't necessarily notice even that money being taken away per se. It just is a part of yeah. how you distribute the funds. And and it's amazing to be able to create positive impact like that. So. Good on you. And thank you for sharing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we actually had a chance to meet you at camp this year, which was really nice. And yeah. we were wondering what it was like for you to attend such a large sewing meetup. And do you hang out with fellow sewists in your town? What's your IRL sewing experience like?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, sewing recruit from socials, one of my favorite experiences ever. And I haven't shut up about it <laughs> <laughs> months later. Um, that was just so cool. I've never been to something like that before. And it just like, ugh, it was the absolute best. And I cannot wait for next year. I've always had a IRL sewing community. Um, just like working at hearts. I, you know, made a lot of friends, like one of my best friends who helps, she's like my unofficial employee, like helps me with stuff is someone who I met through sewing. Um, and then when I moved from, cause I'm from Santa Cruz and I moved a few years ago to Sacramento and that's like sewing is kind of how I found my community in Sacramento. I have a weekly sew night where I meet up with, um, I have a few just like sewing friends who come once a week and we all just hang out at my studio and sew together and, you know, talk about fabric and <laughs> sewing in general. <laughs> but yeah, I, I try to like really nurture those bonds and connections because it's so cool to have friends who have that kind of shared interest. I mean a lot of my other friends who like I also love. uh, You know, like you go and you're like, well, let's get dinner and drinks and whatever. But like to have friends who you make things with and who you go through a creative process with and you, you know, have like share inspiration with and that's just it's so special and it's it's so powerful. And I love my sewing (laughs) friends. Hi, they're probably listening. (laughs) Shout out.
1: Yeah, I do think it's really valuable to make sure that you have those kind of like personal sewing experiences, especially when you have a business in the sewing world, making sure that you're balancing that with kind of your own sewing and, and making your own clothes as well. And I also wonder how you kind of work that in to your day to day and how your sewing practice has evolved since making it into a business.
2: You know, I was really cognizant of that going into it because at times in my life like sewing has fallen away and I always notice that when I haven't been sewing for a long time that I lose some of that just like creative flow and so I've actually like I thought I was worried when I started this company that I it would like you know, make it so that I didn't want to sew. Because when I had, like, my handmade dress business, I, like, absolutely did not want to sew for myself because I was just, like, turning out (laughs) dresses. And, you know, and then when I was working for that company, like, I, you know, I sewed a lot less. And then now I sew, like, so much more because, A, I'm constantly inspired by, like, all of the other indie designers and I have to like try everything and B it's just like I you know I need to like I need to keep that flow to stay inspired and keep thinking about fabric and like what ways of manipulating fabric and things that are fun because it you know makes my company better so sometimes when in the middle of the week I'm supposed to be working and I decide to do a sewing project instead I have to just be like no Chelsea that is uh important work that you have to do For research. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely crucial.
1: So... (laughs) It's true. It's almost, You don't even have to convince yourself that that's true. I think it is important as an indie designer to sort of dip your toes in the other patterns and companies that are out there just to know what everyone else is doing. And you can learn so much from each other. And, and just the way that other people write instructions or put their things together. Like, I just think it's really valuable to get that experience in, in other Yeah. Do you have any big sewing goals for 2020? Anything that you want to take on this year?
2: Hmm. No, I'm just really trying to, like, slow down and be really mindful about the way I sew. I love following So Liberated and her, you know, mindful sewing journey. I guess she's probably always been sewing mindfully. But you know, the stuff she shares is so inspiring. And I do I have a tendency to you know just get so excited about fabric and sewing and I make a lot of like I'm very prolific uh and I don't think I need to be sewing quite so much and I can focus in more on like interesting projects that are more in depth and that I have to like spend more time and slow down with uh yeah because that makes me feel anchored and you know, it's probably better for the environment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. yeah. <laughs> Well, Chelsea, it's been so much fun chatting with you and getting to know you. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. <laughs>
0: Before we wrap up,
1: tell our listeners where they can find you online.
2: You can find me at FridayPatternCompany.com. That's my website. And then Instagram is also Friday Pattern Company and Facebook. Is also Friday Pattern
0: Company. <laughs> this is re- making me realize we never <laughs> asked you why it's called Friday Pattern Company.
2: Oh, it's true. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so Friday was like the night that I would just like stay up super late sewing and just kind of like doing this like endless sewing, staying up till like four o'clock in the morning, making stuff, and then wearing it all weekend and the next week. I'm older now, so I don't stay up till four o'clock in the morning anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Friday's always just been like a fun sewing day. And, you know, it's like a, it's a fun word, too.
0: It is the That's perfect, good. perfect wild Friday evening. Some wild sewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks again, Chelsea. Hope to see you again sometime. Maybe at camp next yeah. year.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 That's it for today's episode of Love to Sew. You can find me, Caroline, at blackbirdfabrics.com and Helen at helensclosetpatterns.com.
0: We're recording today in sunny, gloomy, rainy, Sunny cares? enough. <laughs> Vancouver, Canada. And you can get in touch with us and get links for everything we talked about in this episode at lovetosewpodcast.com. If you are loving the show and want to help a girl out, you
1: can support us on Patreon. Contribute $5 or more a month and you'll get access to our bonus episode feed, Contribute $10 or more a month and get a 15% discount code for both of our shops and a bonus mini sewed. It's a really good deal, you guys.
0: (laughs) Go to patreon.com slash love to sew for more info. Thanks to our amazing podcast team, Sam Humphrey and Melanie Brister. And thank you so much for listening. Go and have fun and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Give
1: Melanie a kiss. Oh, okay. Avoidance tactics. Give her a kiss. Give her a kiss, Pepper. Good girl. (laughs) Yes!